Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, we might know why Coinbase keeps going down during Bitcoin rallies. Grayscale Trust opens up to new investors again. And pay this hacker Bitcoin or your penis stays in a cage. You heard that right. And that's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today is Tuesday, January 12th, 2021. I forgot to say the other day, congratulations to the Cleveland Browns for beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. We were in the middle of a bloodbath, so it totally slipped my mind. But congratulations to the Cleveland Browns for going out of the wild card into the playoffs. I don't know if everybody knows, but Clevelanders are raised to hate the Steelers. It is innate in our being. If you like the Steelers and you were born in Cleveland, there is seriously something wrong with you because we are just its ingrained in our souls. I've been to 40 different countries. I've lived abroad for about 15 years. And no matter what, I was always a Cleveland Indians fan or the Cleveland baseball team's fan, a Cleveland Browns fan and a Cleveland Cavaliers fan. You're never going to get that out of me. It is born and bred into my soul. Also, hating the Steelers is there as well. However, if you are a listener and you are from Pittsburgh, I want to make sure that you know I love you. I love you, fam. Pittsburgh is a great city. So congratulations again to the Cleveland Browns. And let's see those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. The prices are absolutely going crazy lately. So I know that when you hear this, it's going to be different than what it actually is. But I'm going to say it anyway. And I'm going to say it because it also gives us an idea if the market's moving up or the market is moving down. I'm recording this at 1030 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin right now is sitting at $34,223, up 4.6% from yesterday. Yesterday was at 32.6. Ethereum, $1,054.72, up 3.5%. Litecoin, $1,3753, 6% up. Chainlink, $1,442, up 3.9%. And XRP, 28.9 cents, up 5%. Total market cap for all the cryptocurrency is $917.8 billion, up 2.3%, with a BTC dominance of 68.5%. Top 10 coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Tether, XRP, Litecoin, Cardano, Bitcoin Cash, Polkadot at number 8, Stellar, and then Chainlink rounding it off at number 10. In our first conversation today, I talked to managing editor Stephen Graves about, I, I kid you not, this is a real thing. Bitcoin hacker locks people's penises in cages because the caging device for their member is connected to the internet via Bluetooth, internet of things. This is silly as hell, but, but it actually opens up a very, very important and big conversation about Web 3.0, internet of things, and connectivity and security. Here's our conversation. Stephen Graves, how you doing? Welcome back to the show. I'm very good. Thank you very much. How are you? 
I'm, I'm excellent. Thank you. And I just want to commend you and all the decrypt editors for the best news stories and the most you guys are cutting edge of news stories in, in the crypto space. And I want to say that this is one of those special news stories that only decrypt, I think, could cover. Pay this hacker Bitcoin or your penis stays in the cage. Can you please tell us about this, sir? Okay, yeah, this is a this is quite an interesting story that broke over the last couple of days. Basically, back in October, um, some security researchers found a vulnerability in a smart Bluetooth male chastity lock, um, which is essentially a box that you lock around your member uh, and unlock at the time of your choosing. Um, for some reason, they decided to make a mobile app connected chastity lock, um, which inevitably had a security vulnerability in it. So what's happened this week is that hackers have started sending out Bitcoin ransom demands uh, to unlock the product, having locked it remotely. Which, which product are we talking about? So this thing is called Cellmate. It is, I was talking uh, about which, which product are we supposed to be unlocking? The actual product or somebody's product? <laughs> okay, so both, I guess. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, this, is, uh, this is a ransom demand to unlock this uh, what might euphemistically be called a penis cage. These attackers were uh, demanding a ransom of 0.02 Bitcoin, which was about $650 in order to unlock their cages. Now, it should be clarified here that uh, as far as we're aware, no one was actually locked into one of the boxes at a time. This was essentially just a case of an Internet of Things device being remotely balked and then someone sending out a ransomware demand. But nevertheless, it's an interesting story and it's, uh, it highlights a security vulnerability and the fact that, you know, uh, IoT hackers are increasingly sending out these Bitcoin ransom demands. Do you think that, and this is your professional opinion, of course, as an editor for Decrypt, do you think that anybody would admit to having their member or their product locked in this product? Well, to be honest, um, I think... If someone actually had been remotely locked into one of these things um, and actually locked into the thing, you probably would have heard about it, right? Because the only way to get this thing off is with an angle grinder, which <laughs> is a fairly delicate operation. And it would have been you know, pretty widely covered, I suspect, in, in the news. So I think we can be fairly confident in saying that no one has actually been locked in one of these things, or if they have, they paid the ransom demand. That this is this is actually really interesting because it actually brings up a bigger conversation. I mean, not, uh, of course, you know, all penis jokes aside, um, a bigger conversation about you know Web 3.0 and the Internet of Things. What things do we want connected to the internet, and how much security are is going to be attached to these things to make sure that ransomwares or you know attacks or vulnerabilities or spying whatever isn't part of this whole new ecosystem that's being developed. I think that this really brings out and highlights a very important aspect of this. What do you think, sir? Absolutely, and I think this is. Uh, you know, all joking aside, this is a really interesting example because it's obviously an uh, incredibly uh, intimate thing. The, the vulnerabilities apparently included um, precise user location data, including personal information and private chats was leaked oh, wow. in this hack. So, or, or could be leaked by this, uh, this vulnerability. It's a, it's a really striking example of like um, privacy concerns um, around web 2.0 and connected devices and all that sort of thing. Just generally speaking, the vulnerabilities of, uh, of IoT devices and you know smart home products have been thrown into sharp relief over the last couple of years. There's actually a very funny um, Twitter account called Internet of Shit, 
that mm-hmm. basically tots up all of these different examples of, you know, smart home product vulnerabilities and Internet of Things devices and, you know, robot vacuums spying on people, that sort of thing. So I think, yeah, as amusing a headline as it is, this actually does uh, highlight quite a serious issue um, in, in connected device security. Well, Stephen, I want to say thanks for coming on the show and thank you for to Decrypt for actually highlighting this serious issue in a very hilarious way. And if and if anybody is listening to this that does have their member locked in a box, please reach out to us, Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. Thanks, Stephen. Thank you. And another news. Bitcoin privacy wallet Wasabi withstood an attack on Tor. The attack, most likely a DDoS attack. And a DDoS attack is a denial of service attack. There's many kinds of DDoS attacks. The most popular one, or one that's most commonly known at least, is the one that you will just overload the networks and just flood the networks so most people can't connect to it, come online, and the servers are just overloaded. And Wasabi Wallet, if you don't know, is an open-source, non-custodial, privacy-focused Bitcoin wallet for desktop that implements trustless CoinJoin over the Tor network. All modern onion addresses on the anonymous browser network Tor went offline yesterday after a bug held up the system. And as I said before, signs point to a DDoS attack, and the disruption caused some users of the Bitcoin privacy wallet Wasabi to suffer some connection issues. However, while a lot of other sites and traffic was just stopped, Wasabi muscled through, and very few users encountered intermittent connection issues. So, congratulations to Wasabi for fighting off the attack. Here's an interesting headline, interesting news today, and maybe we can discuss this just a tad. The first Bitcoin transaction was sent to Hal Finney 12 years ago today. Today marks the 12th anniversary of the first ever transaction sent from one person to another. But my question to you is, if Hal Finney is actually Satoshi, is this actually an anniversary? He's just sending to himself. So it's the anniversary of the first ever Bitcoin transaction from one person to another. I guess it's still the same because the first is it the first transaction or just the first transaction from one person to another? And if that's the case, I think Satoshi sent Bitcoin to himself. How finny. And here is today's no shit headline and no shit answer for a very big problem. Here's why Coinbase keeps going down during Bitcoin rallies. Crypto exchange Coinbase suffers several outages amid Bitcoin's ongoing price rally. The increase in user traffic and trading activity results in massive extra load on the servers. Trading platforms are having a hard time preparing for such spikes due to Bitcoin's unpredictability, experts said. And here's my rant. Come on, guys. Coinbase is going to go IPO. They're valued at billions of dollars. They said their IPO might be going for 40, 50, 60 billion dollar IPO. And you don't have the money for servers? You cannot expect that Bitcoin is going to surge sometimes. Look, this is not your first rodeo. This is not the first time this happened. Coinbase has traditionally went down with Bitcoin surges, which gives everybody in the crypto space thinking that you guys are rigging the system, rigging the game against people who need to trade when Bitcoin price is rising in order to protect your butts. Guys, get your crap together. You're a multi-billion dollar company. Brian Armstrong, you are doing a horrible job horrible job of mitigating this issue. End of rant. Telegram sees 25 million new users in 72 hours. If you guys remember a couple days ago, Elon Musk said stop using WhatsApp and start using Signal. WhatsApp is now going to be selling its data or transferring its data or allowing its data to be read 
or used by Facebook. Further, using your data, probably against you in some way, somehow. Well, he said, hey, go use Signal. And interestingly enough, Elon Musk told everybody to use Signal, thinking that everybody's just going to use the Signal app, the messaging app. But it led to a 1,100% surge in an unrelated stock with a similar name. That stock, Signal Advance. Now, let's see what Signal Advance does. Signal Advance is an engineering product and procedure development consulting firm. And just FYI, before everybody runs over to buy this new signal because they're going to get gains off of it, it dropped 49% overnight because everybody realized, oh, that's the wrong one. That's kind of hilarious. But the news is about Telegram. Telegram saw its 25 million new users in 72 hours. Again, as a result of Facebook-owned messaging app WhatsApp now selling or transferring its data back to Facebook. Grayscale Bitcoin Trust is open again to new investors. Periodically, Grayscale Bitcoin Trust pauses transactions or pauses acquiring new investors. On December 21st, it did pause the fund. It said, hold up, let's just chill. This is an on-ramp for institutional investors to acquire and get exposure to Bitcoin. Well, they opened the floodgates back up. I think we're going to see this reflected in the market shortly. As of yesterday, Grayscale held $20 billion in assets under management. In a related slash unrelated tweet, Tyler Winklevoss of the Winklevi twins replied to Peter Schiff. Peter Schiff said, with no facts, very few institutional investors are buying Bitcoin. It's just a few that are buying that are extremely vocal about their positions. They need to convince others to buy and push up the price so they can sell. The financial media also gives them the platform to talk about their books. Tyler Winklevoss, who replied to Peter Schiff, said, This is completely false. There is huge institutional demand, and most of it is silent. As an operator and proprietor of Gemini, I would actually know. You would not. Shots fired. Shots fired. In another tweet, I saw somebody saying that the only institutional investors that are buying are Grayscale. The only institution is Grayscale. And I think this from Tyler Winklevoss also says, look, we don't know. They're silent. They're going in. They're putting in 1%, a half a percent, 2% of their portfolios into Bitcoin. We don't know what they're doing with their money. Most people don't know the inner workings or the inner portfolios of these institutions. Y'all, you will see it reflected in the price or you will not. The price will tell. The market will tell. The longevity of Bitcoin will let you know what is happening. Not Peter Schiff. And finally, the new Office of the Comptroller of the Currency, or the OCC, regulations could be a double-edged sword. If you guys remember, last week, the OCC put out new stable coin regulations, or guidance. It was called the Stable Act. And this, according to Jeremy Allaire, the CEO of Circle, says that they are going to start looking at stable coins similar to SWIFT, ACH, and Fedwire, allowing for banks to, one, use stablecoins as a store of value and a way of transacting. And since it's digital, means that they have a direct on-ramp to Bitcoin and digital currency. We're all like, yay, banks can just buy themselves and hodl Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. Well, Caitlin Long came out and said, this might not be good for innovation. This might not be good for the ecosystems that are being built around cryptocurrency because, in quote, this system inherently favors large banks. And literally tomorrow, we can see the biggest banks in the United States enter the market and build network effects faster than small banks and native cryptocurrency companies. Basically, she's saying by giving the banks this power, you are going to be able to squeeze out the little guy, squeeze out all the people who've been working hard in this industry over the past decade, and squash 
private innovation because these big banks will just muscle you out. Obviously, we're going to have to see how everything works out with this, but Caitlin might have a point here. We've seen it in many industries in the United States, how the big guy muscles out the little guy. But I guess the real question is, will this be good for Bitcoin and cryptocurrency for the long run? It might not be good for the little guy or the innovators, but will it be good for mass adoption and the overall stability and market cap for the crypto space? Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Aaron. Please go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment. The comments not only help me know what's going on in the show, if you like it, if you like the content, but it also gives people something to read to bring them more confidence in clicking and investing their time to listen to crypto news. So if you want to help the crypto space, if you want to help me, leave that comment, hopefully a five-star rating and a five-star comment to make sure people have the news going forward in this bull run. I'll see you tomorrow. Until then, happy hodling.